Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com. Hello and welcome to Wednesday's edition of the Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw. I'm known as the Success Alchemist. You can find me at the successalchemist.net, the webalchemist.net, empoweredmanifestation.com. Also on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, and on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw. Today is the 23rd of March 2022. And the title of today's show is Laptop from Hell, Ukraine, New World Order, and Let Them Eat Lentils. And so I'm going to start with uh, a bit more information about the Laptop from Hell, of course, which is Hunter Biden's, which, as I reported um, last week, was acknowledged to be real and not Russian disinformation, which caused an absolute uproar from people because it was obviously used to, um, let's say, the narrative was blocked by the people that wanted to um, stop Trump from being elected in 2020. So um, there are now calls for a special investigation to be done, um, a special counsel. Um, whether that will happen or not, I don't know. We also don't really know the scope of the investigation of Hunter Biden. We know that he is under investigation on a tax, from a tax point of view, but, you know, with the content of the laptop as it's been revealed, including... Um, images of his 14-year-old niece with him naked, um, using cocaine, that in itself is, is a criminal offence, um, child pornography. And there are other images of underage children, shall we say. So we'll have to see how this plays out. Obviously, you know, it's also calling into question um, Joe Biden, not just Hunter Biden, because of all the deals that were done, uh, giving access to Joe and how he's compromised in terms of um, Ukraine, China, Kazakhstan, the list goes on. So we'll have to wait and see. But what I wanted to report on uh, today, referencing this, is I came across a couple of places uh, where the investigation is being done and being published. I'm going to start with an article from Forbidden Knowledge TV and the title is Jack Maxey reveals contents of Hunter Biden's laptop in shocking interview. And Jack Maxey has an account on getter.com and he was he put a post on there saying he was going to be revealing all the contents by the end of the week. Um, anyway, let's just go and see what Forbidden Knowledge has to say about this. 
John Henry Weston from LifeSiteNews.com interviews Jack Maxey, who was one of the first journalists to be given access to a copy of Hunter Biden's hard drives, which contain shocking evidence of moral and financial corruption within the Biden family in what Maxey calls the biggest national security scandal in the history of our planet. Maxey says there are a dozen hours of Hunter smoking crack and there is child pornography, including of Hunter with his own, and it says 13-year-old niece here. I've read elsewhere she was 14, but whatever, she's still a child. The FBI had this laptop before the first Trump impeachment. There is a concentrated effort to protect the Biden family. The Hunter Biden files detail Hunter's direct involvement with Chairman Xi Jinping, the Biden family's Beijing-backed business deals all over the world, and possible Chinese infiltration of the US government with Hunter Biden's help. Emails show Hunter Biden and the Chinese eventually scrambling to clean up their mess as the Biden's top business contacts end up arrested or disappeared. Hunter goes so far as to purposefully incriminate his own family members, including his president father, to protect himself. Perhaps the most stunning of all, the American intelligence community knew for years about what Rudy Giuliani has called the Biden crime family, and they did nothing about it for darker reasons than you might think. So just to go to Jack Max's getter uh, feed, I'm just going to run through some of the posts that he's put. This one was March 20th. The world is not ready for what my team has found. Fair warning, every person on planet Earth with a badge will have access by end of week. My only advice, control your rage and look to the Constitution to save us first. Also on March 20th, people, there are over 100,000 texts we are curating and 128,000 emails. Before, almost all were hidden in archives and difficult to access without a pertinent search term. We have also found thousands of pictures he thought he deleted. Some stuff I'm uncomfortable even explaining. When I say it is over, I mean it. Please pray and keep your constitution close. Going to make sure public can crowdsource the emails with redacted at dot coms, bank account numbers, etc. and texts less telephone numbers. Trying our best to be responsible and not bring further harm to the victims. Keep all of us in your prayers and hashtags be not afraid, duty on a country, courage is contagious. Please be patient, we are on the wall. Big love America, all of us have devoted our lives to keeping you safe. Then there's a reply to an earlier um, message or post from February 16th. And it says, dumped a couple hundred screenshots from the first sons and a vomit emoji laptop to the New York Times this weekend. They are reviewing Hold the Line people. So perhaps that was the trigger for this article by the New York Times, which admitted that it was real, despite them having labelled it Russian disinformation um, in October 2020 when it first came out. Um, and then he, the reply to this, which was again March 20th, there are no coincidences unless maybe Garrett and Tor did that. 
I have all the receipts, even on those two grifters, every lie will be exposed. Now, Garrett is actually, I understand, the person who set up the Marco Polo um, website, which I'm going to cover in a few minutes, which is a non-profit research group exposing corruption and blackmail to drive an American renaissance. And this actually contains a report on the Biden laptop. So I'm not sure what's going on in terms of some kind of feud or something between Maxi and um, the Garrett crew. There is another post, and this was on the 21st, and it's got a screenshot of a telegram post by Tor Says, uh, T-O-R-E-S-A-Y-S. Jack is a salty little bitch. Grifters don't take action. They whine like little bitches like Jack. And I presume he's re it's referring to Jack Maxey. Jack would not say that shit to my face because he knows I would make his punk ass cry. Garrett and I have spent time to learn the intricacies of the fraud, treason and self-enrichment of the 44th admin and the Bidens. All you did was talk about hookers and crack. So... Jack's response to this is once again Jack Maxey over the target. Every last lie will be exposed. If there is justice, this little missy received a stolen copy and was hacking into Hunter's accounts. If she were working alone, in quote, she would be in jail. I called out her friend who gave it to her and outright ex accused him of being a fed trying to entrap me with her crimes. He knows who he is and no, never call me again. Will happily testify when time is right. Such a foul mouth too. I always play for keeps and for my beloved USA. So as I say, I don't really know what's going on with this, um, what seems to be a bit of a feud between them. But let me just uh, read you a couple of others. On March 19th, he posted, Note, all the heroes coming forward now, like always, a day late and a dollar short. Not a one even call me back, ever. Uh, this related to an article in New York Post, Republicans demand, demand a new probe into Hunter Biden laptop cover-up. And then he also calls out Grassley and Cotton, um, Chuck Grassley and Tom Cotton. Let me remind everyone how long Grassley and Cotton have had this. Read my letter, then tell me you still have respect for them. Did not even have courtesy to call me until I proved he was looking at it when he and Johnson smoke, spoke about no secret service on Kazakhstan trip on L. I don't know what that is. Oh, on L. Todd Wood's podcast. I got a call an hour later. Believe nothing they tell you. And this letter is a screenshot of it, 6th of July 2021. And Tom Cotton tweeted, The New York Times admits what we've known for years. The Hunter Biden laptop story was true. Big tech censorship of this story was a disgrace. And Jack's response was, Way, not, way to not keep your oath, soldier. I gave you Hunter's laptop on the 8th of July 21. Your silence is total consent. Fact you could hold hearings on FBI's betrayal of gymnasts and say nothing about their betrayal of another little girl Hunter harmed is beyond me. 
Also, you in part own Afghanistan, Kazakhstan and Ukraine. Your silence allowed all of it to happen. Fact. And there's another one with a tweet from Chuck Grassley. The liberal media better wake up and pay attention to the Grassley-Johnson investigation of Hunter Biden since the New York Times just raised similar issues as our investigation. In 2020, liberal media dismissed it as Russian disinfo. Today, they call it news. And Jack responds, screw your investigation from 2020. I gave you Hunter's laptop on the 8th of July 21. Your silence is total consent. Fact, you could hold hearings on FBI's betrayal of gymnasts and say nothing about their betrayal of another little girl Hunter harmed is beyond me. Also, you in part own Afghanistan, Kazakhstan and Ukraine. Your silence allowed all of it to happen. Fact. So it's um same response as he put out to Tom Cotton. Then there's a series of screenshots of um, the things on Hunter's laptop relating to emails and uh, letters and so on. Uh, I'm not going to go into those. Uh, on the 22nd, yesterday, he posted, For your information, people, I will keep my promise. I and my team just have to cautiously bring US and likely other LE, I don't know what that means, into the mix. All could be dumped today and is secured. We will have, yes, 300,000 plus emails, same number of texts, waiting to go through the new 80 to 100K images and videos because if we find what we suspect, then we go immediately to police, setting up a legal way to review. I think that's because if if there is child pornography on there and possibly even worse, then you know, you could be charged with having ac or accessing child porn. That's the issue. Already, already tried to get meeting with regional security officer, U.S. Embassy Byrne. I think he was in saying in another post he was in Switzerland because of suspected serious national security violations that put people in cages for the rest of their lives. I hope they call me back because there are plenty of NATO embassies here too. Take it all back. Every bad actor will be exposed. Last, I will never kill myself or betray my oath or country. Hashtag be not afraid. Hashtag duty honour country. So obviously um, you can see more of his posts if you go to his account on Getter. Now just looking at what's on this Marco Polo site and it's marcopolousa.org. And the page is um, a report on the Biden laptop. As I say, I don't know if there's some um, bad juju between uh, Jack and the owner of this laptop, whose name is Garrett. I don't know if that's the case or not. But anyway, uh, I'm not going to go into the detail of this just to let you know what's on there and available. Um, there is a, a, a CSV file. Uh, Excel file, Hunter Biden Safari browser history. And I've seen screenshots of this and there are many, many Pornhub uh, links and other uh, porn sites, amongst others. Uh, there's Biden laptop messages and there's a zip file and a PDF of that. 
Tony Bobolinsky messages. That's a zip file. Of course, Tony Bobolinsky was involved with the Bidens and came out with the um, information that this these emails that were denounced as Russian disinformation were actually true. And he did this before the 2020 election. Of course, it was all swept under the rug because they didn't want to um, put this out and sabotage Biden's installation. There's a subpoena, which was the 15th of May 2019, Soft coup planning call on 25th of October 2018. This was, and it's got a transcript of this, and I had a quick look at it, and it's basically Hunter discussing what they can do to sabotage Trump's re-election and also talking about whether Joe Biden is actually going to run for president um, alimony from hell on the 21st of March 2017. Most genius shit ever, MP3 file and a transcript. Uh, wanted, James Andrew Gilliard. I haven't had time to go through all of these, by the way. Hunter and Halley, the cocaine saga on 23rd of June 2018. Ashley Biden diary transcribed. Um and, you know, they are saying that the Ashley Biden diary is genuine. And that's the that's um, Joe Biden's daughter who wrote in the diary about inappropriate showers with her father. And there is a document that's a transcript of a short video that they've put on the uh, website, which is to announce the uh, laptop report. I'm Garrett Ziegler and I'm a former Trump White House staffer and that is merely 1% of the degeneracy, debauchery and criminality that is on Hunter Biden's laptop that was drunkenly dropped off at a Delaware laptop repair shop in April of 2019 and was never retrieved. Per Delaware law, the contents of that laptop became the shop owners after 90 days. My small research group, Marco Polo, has a copy of the laptop and we want to write a comprehensive report that's analogous to the Mueller report on real foreign collusion. The Mueller report was a two-year escapade that cost the American people over $15 million and found no collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russians. In this laptop here, we not only have foreign collusion, but we have money laundering sex crimes between Hunter Biden and multiple women, including his underage niece. And what we want to do is something that every single mainstream outlet is not going to do. And they're not going to do it. And they've had the chance now for almost a year because a lot of them have had it since October. What we want to do is for the historical record, so in 500 years when people read about America, they know that Joe Biden, who was the Manchurian candidate and who became the installed Manchurian president, exactly how he is compromised. And his son Hunter is one of the most corrupt, disgusting members of any America first family in the history of the country. We feel an obligation to do what every single law enforcement institution in this country, especially and including the Federal Bureau of Investigation, is not going to do. They've had the laptop since December of 2019 and they picked up that laptop 
not because of concerns about child exploitation, which is apparent if you look at the thing, but for money laundering, which is a crime and which Hunter did a lot of. But it's much deeper than that. We want to, once and for all, lay out exactly how the Biden family is compromised and how that relates to the election fraud that we just went through, in which I think there's no more important topic to delve into. Our group, which is five people, including myself, has vast experience writing reports. I'm the youngest guy on the team, but I would submit that I have credentials in writing reports from election fraud to domestic manufacturing to the pandemic response to counterfeit goods and trafficking in counterfeit goods and trade. All of those things and more are going to be in the Hunter Biden laptop report. We want to spread a wide net and get small dollar gifts to do this thing. And what this will allow us to do is to have editorial independence and to ensure that no one has control over the content structure and final result of the report. Uh, there is some more to this report, but I'm not going to read the rest. I want to move on to other things. Uh, but also, just to let you know, this was published uh, August 27th, 2021. And just going back to Jack's account on Getter for a moment, there's also an interview which is on Rumble, March 22nd. And it's an interview on the, the podcast Steel Truth. I'm not quite sure who the woman is whose podcast it is, but um, it says Jack Maxey tells all the Hunter Biden laptop from hell. So I haven't had a chance to listen to that yet. But as I say, if you want to find um, his account on Getter, then you'll be able to see all the things that he's posted on this subject. Now, I want to move on to the subject of Ukraine and um, I'm going to do another Forbidden Knowledge TV article. And this is um, an, an interview on Real America's Voice with Lara Logan. And it says, Lara Logan sets the record straight on Ukraine stroke Russia. In this short clip from an interview with Donna Fiducia and Doug Newen of CowboyLogic.us, Lara Logan outlines her brutally honest perspective on why Ukraine is so important to people in power within the DC system. She explains that Ukraine is at the centre of this cult of globalists. It is the centre of money laundering for the oligarchs and their allies in the United States. It's the centre of the Russian hoax and the fake impeachment. She says the Open Society Foundation, through the National Endowment for Democracy, and all of these other fake NGOs that are nothing more than brown shirts and SS rolled into one were running their radical policy through the United States Embassy, through USAID, using our tax dollars to slit our own throats. Now they're covering their own tracks in Ukraine, not just hiding the evidence of John Kerry's son, Biden's son, Nancy Pelosi's son, Mitt Romney's son, by the way, who's as disgusting as the rest of them, not only are they covering their tracks, hiding all the evidence of their involvement in Russia collusion, hiding the evidence of the bioweapons facilities that the US has been funding there, and yes, some of that was left over from the Soviet days, some of that has been turning bioweapons facilities into public health facilities, but that is again not the whole truth, is again not the whole story. 
They're covering their tracks in Ukraine. They're hiding evidence. They're exploiting the Ukrainian people to do so. Nobody is trying to de-escalate. They've got this moron as a leader who was an entertainer who was obviously selected because he's out there in stilettos and black leather pants doing spoof videos for Dancing with the Stars and now we're supposed to fawn at the altar of Zelensky for crying in a bucket, wake up people. Yes, there is real suffering in Ukraine. There's a real war going on, just as there were real issues being protested in the wake of George Floyd's death. But they're being exploited by evil, horrible people who want to rule over all of us and enslave us. And if you don't think that's true, you think that's a conspiracy theory, I've got no time for you. We are past the ninth mile. We're sitting at the gates of Auschwitz and we're arguing about whether the smoke coming out of the ovens is climate change. Come on. And it has the actual video clip in the report. But she's again confirming that the story that's being told about Ukraine in the media is just complete BS. And then we have um, an interesting article, given that the narrative being pushed is, you know, this um, absolutely whiter than white Zelensky is, you know, standing up for democracy and uh, against the tyranny of the Russian um, nation and so on. Uh, Gateway Pundit reports, sovereign democracy, in quotes, Ukraine. Zelensky suspends 11 opposition parties becoming head of a one-party state. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, with the backing of Ukraine's National Security and Defence Council, declared that all opposition parties would be suspended indefinitely until martial law is declared over. This was published March the 20th. In a statement issued yesterday evening, President Zelensky announced the following decree. Political parties who his party, Servants of the People, has identified as being pro-Russian will be suspended until the nationwide martial law is lifted. The list essentially includes every opposition party. And there's a tweet from Euro Maiden Press, Ukraine's RNBO suspends activities of pro-Russian political parties for the time of the war, Zelensky informs. And it's got a list of those parties. With millions of their constituents now stripped of any political infrastructure, it's safe to say that this is not the sort of action taken by a democracy. Ukraine may be the first example in human history of a country that under the pressure of war is becoming more tolerant and more liberal. It's a tweet from David Frum. Nor is it liberal, sorry Frum. Among the suspended parties is the opposition platform for life, Ukraine's second largest party in parliament. OPFL has been a stalwart defender of Ukraine's sovereignty ever since the Russian invasion began. At the very start of the invasion on February 24th, OPFL expelled a member of their party for expressing support of the invasion. When martial law was declared and approved by Parliament, not a single member of OPFL voted against the measure. Days later, OPFL supported a measure criminalising collaboration with Russia. On March 7th, they issued a statement calling for a ceasefire and complete withdrawal of all Russian troops. 
And then there's a couple of tweets from Russians with attitude. You are, of course, free to believe that banning all political parties that don't completely submit to the Zelensky line and imprisoning random bloggers for criticising the government is awesome, but then stop spamming me with your bullshit they invaded a sovereign democracy line. And the second tweet from Russians with Attitude said, and that's just on top of having the security service arbitrarily arrest a whole bunch of journalists and bloggers such as Yuri Tachev, earlier today in Odessa, based and democracy-pilled. To put this in perspective, this is the article continuing, OPFL has 43 seats in Ukraine's parliament. They represent millions of citizens and are particularly favoured in eastern Ukraine. If a similar action were to happen in the United States, it would be as though Biden stripped Republicans of all political influence. The following political parties were suspended, Opposition Platform for Life, Shari Party, Nashi, Opposition Bloc, Left Opposition, Union of Left Forces, State, Progressive Socialist Party of Ukraine, Socialist Party of Ukraine, Socialists and Vladimir Saldo Bloc. And the other thing that Zelensky did also was shut down all except one media station. So it's now state-controlled TV. And this is the guy that all these idiots in um, on the left and all the brainwashed people who are just, you know, waving their Ukraine flags mindlessly, not actually doing any research into whether what they're seeing and being told is true. Um you know, they're still spouting the lie that he's standing up for democracy. It's more theatre of the absurd. It makes me more and more <laughs> convinced that we are watching a movie. But I wish we'd get to the end of it, <laughs> see the end of the movie and make it a happy ending too, please. And then there are all the lies about the bio labs. And again, Gateway Pundit reports... On March 19th, Russia challenges US. If biolab documents are fake, then ask head of the DTRA office at the US Embassy in Kiev, Joanna Wintroll, why she signed off on them. And it's got a series of, uh, it's got a screenshot of a number of different documents. Uh, the Russian Defense Department presented documents allegedly from the U.S. Defense Threat Reduction Office in Kiev. Of course, they've been denying that these are bioweapons, but they're, um, you know, petrified that the Russians could get hold of them and be a threat. So you can't have, you can't make that argument if you're denying the existence of bioweapons. Anyway, continuing on Friday, March 18th. The Russian permanent representative to the United States Security Council, Vasily Nebenzia, presented what the Russian government claims is proof of a U.S. bioweapon program in Ukraine and Georgia. Nebenzia claims that the program has been running since 2005 and that American colleagues were not assisting the Ministry of Health as they claimed, but rather the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine. According to Nebenzia, the U.S. Department of Defense delegated broad authorities to its affiliated contractor, Black and Viach, in cooperation with Ukrainian state authorities. 
The experiments on deadly pathogens in Ukraine were not conducted by Ukrainians, but by Pentagon personnel and foreign researchers, Nabenzia claims. The Defence Threat Reduction Agency, DTRA, competitively awarded Black and VH Special Projects Corps one of its biological threat reduction integrating contracts in 2008 in Ukraine. The five-year IDIQ contract with a five-year option has a collective ceiling of $4 billion among the five selected contractors, the Black and VH website acknowledges. Simply speaking, Ukrainian authorities gave Pentagon a carte blanche and let them carry out dangerous biological experiments on the territory of Ukraine. Thereby, the American contractor was exempt from any taxes under Ukrainian legislation, Nabenzia said. He called the programs a cynical use of Ukraine's territory and population for dangerous research that Washington does not want to have at home so that to not put its own population at risk. As to claims the Russian charges were merely disinformation, Nabenzia pointed out the Russian government published documents signed by real US officials. Many of them were signed by head of the DTRA office at the US embassy in Kiev, Joanna Wintroll, whom he called well-known in non-proliferation circles. Prior to Ukraine, Wintroll addressed elimination of chemical weapons in Libya, Nabenzia stated. If journalists have doubts as to the authenticity of documents that we shared, I suggest they ask her directly whether this is really her signature on them. Wintroll left Kiev in August 2020, according to Russia Today. In her parting interview, she insisted no US scientists worked in Ukrainian biolabs, and accused Russia of spreading false information about the program. On Thursday, March 17th, the head of Russian Radiation, Chemical and Biological Protection, Igor Kirillov, presented the documents in Moscow that were allegedly seized during Russia's special operation in Ukraine, purportedly of Ukrainian and US origin. According to the documents, the US had been carrying out experiments in Ukraine with viruses within the framework of projects P382, P444 and P568, and one of the supervisors of this research was the head of the DTRA office at the US Embassy in Kiev, Joanna Wintroll. Turkish, New- Turkish news agency AA reports, During the experiment, six families of virus were chosen, including coronaviruses and three kinds of pathogenic bacteria, pathogens of plague, brucellosis and leptospirosis, said Kirillov, citing the documents. Ukrainian Defence Ministry laboratories in Kiev, Odessa, Lvov and Kharkov received $32 million in funding from the US, Kirillov claimed. I draw your attention to the fact that the agreement on joint biological activity was signed between the US military ministry and the health ministry of Ukraine. However, the true recipients of the funds were laboratories of Ukrainian Ministry of Defense located in Kiev, Odessa, Lvov and Kharkov. The total funding amount was $32 million, he said. According to Kirillov, these laboratories were selected by US Defense Threat Reduction Agency and its contractor, Black and Viach, for the implementation of Project UP-8, 
UP8 or whatever, aimed at studying the Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever, leptospirosis and hantaviruses, TASS reported. The United Nations is not aware of any biological weapons programs in Ukraine, the UN High Representative of Disarmament Affairs, Izumi Nakamitsu, told the Security Council. There are no Ukrainian biological weapons laboratories supported by the United States, not near Russia's border or anywhere else, stated U.S. representative to the United Nations, Linda Thomas-Greenfield. Since it has been largely ignored by the media, Gateway Pundit again documents the entire speech by Vasily Nabenzia to the United States Security Council. I'm not going to read that because it is very long, but they're continuing, the US people are continuing to deny these uh, claims about the biolabs, despite the fact that Victoria Newland actually admitted, as I said earlier, that these um, labs existed and were being funded and that they were uh, scared to death that the Russians would get hold of them and release a biological weapon. So, as I said, you can't have support both sides of that story. So I'm going to move on to my next topic, which is a very interesting uh, announcement by Biden. Again, this is Gateway Pundit. Biden says the quiet part out loud. There's going to be a new world order out there and we've got to lead it. This was published March 21st. Weren't we told the Great Reset and the New World Order were just conspiracy theories? Joe Biden on Monday joined the Business Roundtable CEO quarterly meeting to discuss the United States' response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Biden mumbled through remarks and casually said that Russia is planning a cyber attack against the United States. The magnitude of Russia's cyber capacity is fairly consequential and it's coming he continued then joey said the quiet part out loud and blurted out klaus schwab's plan there's going to be a new world order out there and we have to lead it biden said disclosing information he received from a top military official in a secure meeting so take a listen to what he said you know, we are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy, not just the world economy in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of as the uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946. And uh, since then, we established a liberal world order and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're gonna, there's gonna be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. So anyway, so there you have it, out in plain sight, the new world order. Of course, um, since he said that, the uh, White House have been backtracking. But he used those terms by accident. Oh, he didn't really mean the New World Order. It was a mistake. Give me a break. And I'm just going to pick up on what he said about cyber attacks. Again, Gateway Pundit, March 21st. It's coming. Joe Biden casually says Russia is planning a cyber attack against the United States. 
Joe Biden on Monday joined the Business Roundtable CEO quarterly meeting to discuss the United States' response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Biden mumbled through remarks and casually said that Russia is planning a cyber attack against the United States. This is after Biden gave Putin a list of 16 entities that would cripple the US if they were hit by cyber attacks. It's coming, Biden said. Today, my administration is issuing new warnings that based on evolving intelligence, Russia may be planning a cyber attack against us, he said. Anne Neuberger, Biden's deputy national security advisor for cyber and emerging technology, on Monday warned the Russian government was gearing up to attack U.S. infrastructure. However, she didn't offer specifics. Today, we are reiterating these warnings and we are doing so based on evolving threat intelligence that the Russian government is exploring options for potential cyber attacks on critical infrastructure in the United States, Neuberger said. Thanks to Joe Biden, Vladimir Putin now has a list of the 16 entities that would cripple the US if they were hit by cyber attacks. I talked about the proposition that certain critical infrastructure should be off limits to attack, period, by cyber or any other means, Biden said of his meeting with Putin last June. I gave Putin a list of 16 specific entities, 16 defined as critical infrastructure under US policy from the energy sector to our water systems, he added. God help us. And it's got the clip of that um, from CBS News as well. I mean, again, theatre of the absurd. This is so stupid. You know, for Biden, if he did, of course, we know it's not the real Biden, to give a list and say, oh, please don't attack these, Putin. You know, you can attack other stuff, but not these. Uh, And, uh, you know, the other theory is that this is going to be used as a it's a false flag that's coming to take down particularly communication systems just when all the flack is coming out about the laptop from hell. We'll actually have to wait and see about that. And then we have the Let, Let Them Eat Lentils article. And, you know, it caused an absolute Twitter storm. This was an article from Bloomberg. And we know Bloomberg's obviously far left, etc., Uh, Again, Gateway Pundit, more. Bloomberg News offers tips for Americans struggling with inflation. Let your pets die. And that wasn't the headline I used, but it was one of the things included. Let me explain. After manufacturing fake news to assist the Democrat Party with rigging the 2020 election results, propagandizing the public with COVID-19 misinformation and pushing the experimental mRNA gene therapy compliance, a corporate media outlet is offering tips for working Americans who are in a financial pit amid skyrocketing inflation. Bloomberg News recommends people who are struggling to make ends meet in the Biden economy, allow their pets to die to avoid paying for their exorbitant medical treatments. Inflation stings most if you earn less than 300k. Here's how to deal, Bloomberg News reports. If you're one of the many Americans who became a new pet owner during the pandemic, you might want to rethink those costly pet medical needs, the publication notes. It may sound harsh, but researchers actually don't recommend pet chemotherapy 
which can cost up to $10,000 for ethical reasons. In addition to letting sick pets pass away, Bloomberg News advises those grappling with the worst economy in generations to stop driving cars and alter their diet to substitute meat with vegetables and lentils, hence the let them eat lentils quote. And incidentally, I'm not a fan of chemotherapy of any kind for any living being, I have to add. To deal with gas prices, it's worth reconsidering public transportation. If it's an option, this was get the bus. If it's an option where you live, fares are up about 8% compared with 38% for gasoline. Now may even be the time to sell your car. It certainly isn't the, the time to buy a new or used one. Prices have stabilised a bit, but used car prices are still up more than 40% from a year ago, and new ones are up 12%. When it comes to food, don't be afraid to explore. Prices for animal-based food products will certainly increase. Ukraine and Russia supply a significant amount of corn and barley to the world market, mainly to feed livestock for human food. Meat prices have increased about 14% from February 2021 and will go up even more. Though your palate may not be used to it, tasty meat substitutes include vegetables where prices are up a little over 4% or lentils and beans, which are up about 9%. Plan to cut out the middle creature and consume plants directly. It's a more efficient, healthier and cheaper way to get calories. So I'm just going to the actual tweet that caused this uh, storm of responses. Um, The tweet says, and it's Bloomberg Opinion, inflation stings most if you earn less than 300k. Here's how to deal. And it's got four points. Take the bus. Don't buy in bulk. Try lentils instead of meat. Nobody said this would be fun. And it's got an image of somebody at uh, a gas pump. Um, most tone-deaf tweeter warb from Code of Vets. Let them eat cake, right, morons? Um, eat from free food tables. Lick your fingers clean instead of wasting money on soap. Nobody said this would be fun. And there's an image. In other words, uh, and there's a girl with this uh, top on that says, Stop being poor. Um Nobody said this would be fun. No, they lied over and over that this wouldn't happen. But I thought they said you will own nothing and be happy. I need fun to be happy. And then the height of irony. Love how this advice is behind a paywall. You just can't make this stuff up. Just going to cover a couple of things quickly as I have time. Uh, Twitter has been on a censorship rampage Again, uh, Blaze Media reports Twitter bans more big-name conservatives critical of biological males winning awards meant for women. This was published yesterday. Um, Twitter on Tuesday continued its censorship crusade against conservative personalities over the supposed misgendering of Dr. Rachel Levine, President Biden's Assistant Secretary of Health at the Department of Health and Human Services. Naveen, who is a biological male representing as a transgender woman, was recently named as one of USA Today's Women of the Year. The nomination was controversial, to say the least, and immediately ignited outrage on social media. 
One of the more decent reactions, all things considered, was a parody article posted by a popular conservative satirical website, the Babylon Bee. Editors at the Bee often elucidate liberal idiocy through satire, but Twitter didn't find its joke funny. Instead, the platform labelled the article hateful conduct and suspended the site's account. But Twitter's offensive against the Babylon Bee and its personnel didn't stop there. On Tuesday, news broke that the platform had suspended the site's editor-in-chief, Kyle Mann, for posting more hateful conduct regarding the initial suspension. Maybe they'll let us back into our at the Babylon Bee Twitter account if we throw a few thousand Uyghurs in a concentration camp, Mann jibed the day before in reference to the platform's selective censorship. With the tweet, he criticised Twitter's practice of policing some accounts, but not others associated with oppressive governments, such as the Chinese Communist Party. Twitter responded by locking his account. Babylon B editor-in-chief the, at the Kyle Mann has now been locked out of Twitter for this tweet. So literally, perpetuating genocide will not get you booted off Twitter, but making jokes criticising those who do will. Got it. That was from Adam Ford. Uh, in a tweet, Babylon B creator Adam Ford slammed the platform. And so I've um, I've just read that for you. Twitter's censorship went beyond the Babylon B circle as well. Conservative commentator Charlie Kirk also had his account suspended on Tuesday after he joined in on the discussion about Levine. Richard Levine spent 54 years of his life as a man. He had a wife and a family, Kirk wrote, making note of Levine's birth name and personal history. He then transitioned to being a woman in 2011. Joe Biden appointed Levine to be a four-star admiral, and now USA Today has named Rachel Levine as a woman of the year. Where are the feminists, Kirk added. Um, after the Babylon Bee's original suspension of the satire site's account, Mann tweeted, We at the Babylon Bee stated the fact that a man is a man through satire and got locked out of this platform for it. We are living in a clown world. Kirk was issuing the same statement with his tweet and was suspended for it. These, however, are far from the only examples of Twitter's attack on conservatives, specifically over Levine. The Blaze previously reported on the platform's censorship of Representative Jim Banks, Republican Indiana, after the lawmaker called Levine a man in October. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia and Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton were, have also been flagged for hateful conduct by Twitter for describing Levine a biological male. And on that same note, we have Judge Catania Brown-Jackson, who, whose nomination hearing is going on in the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee. Um, this is Epoch Times reporting. Catania Brown-Jackson refuses to define the word woman. Uh, this was published today. President Joe Biden's Supreme Court nominee on March 22nd refused to define what a woman is or say whether she agreed that punishments for possessing or distributing child pornography should be strengthened. Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson was asked during day two of her confirmation hearings whether she could provide a definition of the word woman. 
No, I can't, Jackson said. I'm not a biologist, she added. Jackson sits on the board of Georgetown Day School, where students as young as five are taught they can choose to be a different gender, Senator Marsha Blackburn, Republican Tennessee, said. She then asked Jackson if she agreed with the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who said in a decision that physical differences between men and women are enduring. Jackson said she could not because she was not familiar with the case. After Jackson refused to provide a definition of what a woman is, Blackburn said, the meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you cannot give me a definition. In my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there is a dispute about a definition, people make arguments and I look at the law and I decide, the judge said. The fact that you cannot give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about, Blackburn said, pointing out that Leah Thomas, a biological male, was permitted to race against women in the National College Championships earlier this month, drawing widespread criticism. During Tuesday's hearing, Jackson also declined to oppose expanding the size of the Supreme Court. Both Ginsburg and Justice Stephen Breyer, who Jackson will replace if she is confirmed by the Senate, have spoken out against the proposal, which is primarily favoured by Democrats. I have opinions about a lot of things. I don't have an opinion that I think is appropriate to share, Jackson told Senator John Kennedy, Republican Louisiana. I work very hard to set aside my opinions when I'm thinking about cases, which is the work of a judge. So this particular issue is one that is very contentious, as you say, one that's in the province of Congress and one that I think it's not appropriate for me to comment on. Jackson used similar reasoning to decline to say if she supports imposing harsher punishments for child pornography-related crimes. While a judge, Jackson has given defendants in such cases a sentence, on average, 47% lower than what prosecutors recommended, according to an analysis from Senator Ted Cruz, Republican Texas. After the judge defended the disparity, Senator Tom Cotton, Republican Arkansas, inquired whether the United States should strengthen or weaken punishments for child pornographers. Senator, that is not a simple question, and the reason is because what this country does in terms of penalties is in Congress's province, Jackson said. You all decide. You all decide what the penalties are. You decide what the factors are that judges use to sentence. If you determine that any set of penalties is insufficient, then it is in your purview to make that determination. I have to say, Judge, I think whether or not we should strengthen or weaken sentences for child pornographers is a pretty simple question, but I'll move on, Cotton said. And, you know, there's a lot of controversy about this woman's position on child pornography. I mean, the explanation that she gave was related to the fact that in the past, um, child pornography was shared using the male, the physical male, the snail male, and it was a very different matter now that it was online and that almost implying that you could mistakenly download child pornography without <laughs> realising. And it seems to ignore the victims of this, the, the poor children that are exploited 
and abused to create this often horrific material. Uh, I certainly hope she doesn't get confirmed and I hope we, the rhinos don't vote her in and I hope they all stand up against it. So um, we'll have to see how that plays out. Now, the other weird thing that's going on is we've got a rash, if you'll pardon the pun, of COVID-19 cases. And this is a, a tweet. And I have to say, I found um, an article earlier that I thought I'd saved, basically, you know, analysing this. I can't find it now, so I'll have to try and repeat what it was saying from memory. But this is a, a tweet from AG. And it says, Barack Obama, Jen, Jen Psaki, Kamala's husband, Hillary Clinton, Klaus Schwab, all have COVID, not suspicious at all. So there's been a series of tweets. Hillary Clinton uh, tweeted that she got COVID, had mild symptoms. Similar tweets from these other people. I haven't actually seen one about Klaus Schwab. Uh, but I have seen it reported that he's also tested positive. And um, I want to remind you that some of the Anons have said that the the different terms used for COVID, you know, tested positive, um, hospitalised or whatever the various options are in, in terms of reporting uh, about COVID-19 were euphemisms for, you know, under arrest or convicted or, you know, all these other options. So this article is basically saying, you know, is this indicating that all these people are now in custody and that um, it's really showing that there's action being taken against these uh, deep staters you know, the New World Order uh, <clears throat> proponents. Uh, I certainly hope so. I hope this is showing that we are actually making progress in that area. I mean, there are reports that Hillary Clinton's been long dead, that it's not really her. Um, similarly with Obama. Um, interesting that Kamala's husband has been reported with it and not Kamala herself. I think given her appalling performance in Poland means that a lot of people would like to see her gone, not necessarily dead, of course, but just gone from the political arena. Uh, so very interesting, isn't it? So, you know, I can't really say anything more than that. We'll have to see what happens. And uh, yeah. OK, so that's all I have time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll join me on Saturday for another Cosmic Creating show. I would also like to thank Nancy for producing and also thank you to mysticalwares.com and Derek Condit who makes all this possible with their sponsorship. And I really urge you to go and have a nice browse through the Mystical Wares shop because they have some amazing crystals, a huge range of shungite, and lots of great energy devices as well. So mysticalwares.com. And that's it. Uh, stay well, be safe, and bye for now. You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw. 
Updating Current Reality, a production of CosmicReality.com.